Hey, I'm Ashley Lemieux, and I'm here to help you uncover the greatest power in your life. You! After going on my own healing journey, I realized I was looking for the wrong thing, a way out. But I didn't need a way out. What I really needed was a way in, to fully uncover who I am. Each week I'll be sharing tangible tools and inspiring interviews to help you create a clear pathway forward in areas of your life that you might feel stuck or overwhelmed in. I'm not here to be the expert on your life. You are. What I want is to help you believe that. So get ready to reframe your thoughts, reimagine your future, and reclaim your power. Are you ready? I am. You guys have heard me talk a lot about the current journey that I'm on right now, just with healing my body, with fertility, with learning foods and all of the things to help support my cycles and just this healing journey that I've been on. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I've been geeking out about this book that I found called Woman Code. Actually, several of you recommended it to me and I got it and I read it in one day and then I recommended it to you guys to go read. And since then, so many of you have been reaching out telling me how impactful the book and the knowledge inside of it has been in your life. So I have the biggest treat for you today because I have the author of Woman Code, Elisa Vitti, on here with me today. And she's done, she actually just came out with a new book that I'm really excited to talk to her about because it's going to be another great resource for you. But I know how overwhelming hormones can be. And Elisa teaches us that they don't have to be, (laughs) that there's actually simple things that we can do to support our body and all of its systems. So just a little bit about her. She's founded the Flow Living Center in Manhattan. She founded it over 10 years ago after experiencing probably a lot of the same frustrations that you might be experiencing with your health and symptoms. She had PCOS and took herself on a really great healing journey through food and lifestyle changes and now has created these programs and resources to help people like you and I learn how to heal our bodies also. So Elisa, thank you so much for being here today. I know that you're also in the middle of this awesome launch that we're going to talk about. And so I'm just really excited that you've taken time to come and chat with all of us today. Oh, it's totally my pleasure, Ashley. Thanks for having me. I mean, wherever women are gathered talking about hormones and periods, that's where I want to be. So it's totally my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's so cool to have this conversation. And I love the work that you've dedicated your life to because, I mean, here I am in my mid-30s, really learning about my hormones and period for the first time. And it is so mind-blowing to me that the information about what's happening inside of our bodies isn't really talked about that much and in the past has kind of been almost shameful, I would say, to talk about and then to find the right types of answers to so that we can feel supported and just know what our mi- monthly cycles are like and and that we don't actually have to feel sick all the time. And so this is just really exciting that you've you've created a platform to have these open conversations to help so many women heal. And I would love for everyone just to hear kind of an overview of why you do the work that you do. 
Yeah, I mean, it started obviously, I think, with like so many of us as women, when when we uh, go through something, we want to share, like with your own story, right? You want to share so if it could help somebody, right? But I went through my own hormonal crisis in my late teens, early 20s, and really saw the limitations of conventional medicine for treating chronic systemic hormonal issues. So if you want to picture me at that time, I was obese, you know, over 200 pounds, covered face, chest, and back in cystic acne. And then between the ages of 12 and 22, I only menstruated about five times. Two or three of those times were induced, chemically induced with synthetic progesterone. And I went to, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts, so I was going to Harvard-trained gynecologists, you know, as soon as I was able to at 16, and I was just being told, oh, it's normal, you know, there's nothing wrong, everything's fine. And then I was at Johns Hopkins, planning to become an OBGYN, (laughs) ironically, and uh, (laughs) and was seeing Hopkins-trained gynecologists. And also was being told, you know, that that there was no reason that they could find that these things were happening and that I should just, you know, basically deal with it as best as I could. And that just didn't sit well with me. I knew something was wrong. I just had felt it for many years and kept, like, I couldn't wait to go to the gynecologist because I started having symptoms even before I turned 16, meaning I didn't get my first period, for example, until I was almost 15 and a half. I was almost 16. It was like four months before I turned 16. I was very late and it was, it just wasn't developing normally in, in looking back. So I had that inner knowing that something was off and I kept, I pushed all the, the, you know, the resources that I had as far as conventional, you know, practitioners. And I was, you know, and my symptoms kept getting worse. You know, I was dealing with insomnia and depression and, like I said, all the physical stuff of the weight gain and the acne and all of that. It was really hard to function in my everyday life because I couldn't sleep and then I was depressed and anxious and so tired all day. It was, it was, it, it, it consumed my everyday experience, what was going on with me hormonally. And so I decided that I had to figure out what was going on. And so I was doing some research one night in an obstetrics journal of course, because what do you do? When you- <laughs> I'm a nerd from the way back. What can I say? And, um, and I found an article that was referencing some research about Stein-Leventhal disease, which was the original name given by the two men who sort of, quote unquote, discovered polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I read the classic presentation of symptoms and like all the bells went, you know, they all went off all they they all rang, whatever the expression is. And I said, this is what I have. I have, I have this exactly. So I went to my gynecologist the next morning without an appointment. You know, she was like coming out of her car, (laughs) going into her office. Hi, I know I don't have an appointment, but (laughs) I'm here. I really can't wait another day because I've been like trying to figure this out for, you know, almost a decade. And so we did some blood work, we did some ultrasounds, we did some things. And when all the tests came back, you know, sitting in her office and she said, listen, you're right, you do have PCOS. And I said, great. You know, I didn't mention the fact that I had to come up with my own diagnosis or anything, but I said, great. Now what do we do? Right. (laughs) And what, what, uh, now at least we know what we're dealing with. So give me the treatment. And she said, well, unfortunately we don't have any treatment for you. 
we can medicate you, you know, you're going to be at increased risk for X, Y, Z, you know, for fertility, you're probably going to struggle with and, you know, diabetes and all these, all these things. And, and, and she said, and we can't fix you, but we can medicate you along the way. We can just keep adding medications as the symptoms crop up. And here I am, a young woman, <laughs> and I remember having this very profound reaction in my body. And my body said to me, that's not your future. So I just opened my mouth and I said, that's not my, I just repeated it. And she's like, well, I, I'm going to, you know, and I have no idea what, what the alternative is, mind you. <laughs> but I had long since learned to listen to my body because what a profound experience it had already been at that point to know something to be true inside of myself, despite being told that it, I, I couldn't be right from the outside sources, right? I knew something was off, but I was getting the feedback that like, oh, there was nothing, it's all in my head, right? So now I knew I was right. And so I just kept trusting this voice. And so she said, well, let me write you a prescription for birth control pill, that's the first place to start. And I said, no, I don't wanna do that. I said, well, at first I asked her, I said, is this gonna fix the problem? And she said, no. And I said, well, why would you prescribe me a medication that isn't going to cure me? She goes, well, this is all we have, so I want to give you something. I said, that's not good logic. <laughs> um, so I, I said, I'm going to take my very expensively trained mind, and I'm going to go figure this out. And she said, okay, when you need the pill, I'm here to write the prescription. And I said, thank you. And I walked out, and I had no idea exactly how I was going to tackle this, but I made myself a promise then and there, which was first to help myself recover. And then if I could figure out some of the secrets of how hormones become so dysfunctional, that I would build a platform where women could come to deal with their hormonal issues safely and naturally and from anywhere in the world. So the, the journey is both a personal one, but it's also you know one that's born out of sort of like my love for womankind because you know it's just it's it was if I found it very unacceptable that it's that it was the 21st century and that I was being told that like they didn't know there wasn't a lot of research there's no treatments because you know Ashley right like if something was up with guys right there would be like multi-million funding research you know what I mean like it, it would we they'd be all over it and so here we have like these common problems, PCOS just being one of them. Let's look at endometriosis, which Lena Dunham is a great example of how, you know, conventional medicine really doesn't understand that problem, that condition enough. And she had to take out her uterus. That was the only thing she was able to do at the end because things had gotten so bad. And she was mm -hmm. able to do it when she did that. That's still to this day the most commonly performed surgical procedure done worldwide hysterectomy. And it's seen as the ultimate solution for hormone problems, right? Think about it this way. Wow. I went to his, his urologist and said, gee, there's something wrong. You know, I don't know. <laughs> with <this. laughs> yeah. The doctor wouldn't be like, let's remove it. You know, that's right. right. You know, they, <laughs> trust me, it's just a different. No, that, no, that would, would not, not be the thing. thing. That, that would not be the thing. No. So I just found it fundamentally unacceptable that we live in a modern society and almost 50% of women, if not more, struggle with 
period problems, fertility challenges, perimenopause, postmenopause, and we're all left to our own devices yes. to try to sort through it, to figure out what the solution is, to, to spend a lot of time and money. And it, it's, just, it's just fundamentally wrong that that is the situation. So I'm on a mission you know, through my company, Flow Living, to put an end to this, to make sure that we have a brand that is dedicated to making, dealing with your hormonal you know, challenges, whatever they are, they're, they're, you're probably going to have a few over the course of your lifetime, to just making that something that is easy to deal with, easy, straightforward, as opposed to what it is now, which is so confusing and overwhelming and oftentimes unnecessarily expensive because you go from this to that to this. Yes. And, and, and you don't ever seem to cross the finish line in, in terms of getting the results that you want. And so that's what Flow Living is all about. That's what I'm dedicated to doing. I build the products and platform to just make navigating hormones better. Well, and you've just touched on so many things that I feel like we could have individual podcasts about that are just so great and true. And I think with everything that women feel with their hormones and the cycles and trying to figure it all out, it is so overwhelming. And I told you this when we personally talked a few weeks ago, but I started my period when I was 13 years old, literally woke up on my birthday to my period. And ever since then, I had a ton of pain to the point where sometimes I would go to the hospital because my pain would be so crippling. So the solution for me at 15 years old was to be put on birth control. I didn't, how do you know, you know, at 15 that what your doctor is telling you isn't necessarily the best thing for your body? And it's not definitely not the solution. It's not going to fix the problem. So from 15 for the next at least a decade, I was on birth control. And now as we are trying to get pregnant again, and I'm 34, I'm having to go back to relearn and also heal for the first time these things and these, you know, hormone imbalances that were just kind of had a Band-Aid put over for so long. Um, and it's really overwhelming. So I think, you know, there's a lot of places that we can start this conversation, but one of the things that I really want to ask you is why do so many people suffer with their hormones? It's interesting. I, you know, when I wrote my first book, Woman Code, I put in there the flow protocol that I had been, you know, working with individual women in my private practice in Manhattan for that past decade. And I thought, great, now they have the protocols in the book problem solved. Everybody can get to it and get on with it. Right. But I've been, you know, tracking the data and the trends, you know, ever since that book was published, which I think was 2013. And we're at, like I said earlier, we're at a place where now it's almost 50% of women are struggling with these hormone issues. And I said, how can that be? What is going on? I asked myself a new question, you know, sort of how, how is it that women are suffering at such huge percentage versus like men, right? Around hormones. Like what is the salient difference? Because we're all exposed to the same 
endocrine disruptive chemicals in the environment and the water and the food supply and our products, our cleaning products, our beauty products. We're all exposed to similar, you know, levels of stress and that results in micronutrient depletion. I think women do have a little more exposure to that because they take synthetic birth control, which depletes massive amounts of micronutrients from the system. But why is it so much worse for women? And what I uncovered was prompted me to write this new book, In the Flow, because it was just so so shocking in a sense. And the first, the first thing I uncovered is that, which I think is really just on its own, massively important to know, especially as you're consuming health information out in the media, you know, like this trend for fitness or this trend for diets, right? Here's the reality. Women are actively left out of medical fitness and nutrition research. That is a fact. The medical Mm -hmm. community knows how dangerous this is. And for the past decade, they have been trying to encourage more women to be included in human clinical trials. But as of the, you know, the recent update, its progress has been very, very slow. In fitness and nutrition research, where there are less risks to include women in the human clinical trials because they're not using, let's say, drugs and things of that nature, it's just institutionalized gender bias. And, you know, that's really running that show. Like, oh, the assumption being, well, because women have changing hormones, it's going to throw off the results or we can't get consistent results. And we just don't want to bother to understand those patterns. And so we're going to leave them out. And then the second assumption wow. made is, well, whatever research we find that works for the men that we're studying, let's assume that women are just smaller versions of men. And therefore, you know, <laughs> we, we'll just, they should just apply whatever works for the guys in their fitness and nutrition plans. But here's the thing about that. Remember, there's like this funny commercial, I don't know, must have been maybe a decade ago. I don't exactly remember the time. It's been a while since I've had a television. But anyway, it it was this, it was this, it was for a medication. I think it was called Ally. Anyway, it doesn't matter the medication, but the commercial was like these two little cartoon drawings. And it was like Jack and Jane, you know, are fat and frustrated and they decide to start a diet together. And a month later, you know, Jack goes from this like, you know, circular blob figure to like, you know, something with like six pack and he looks like a little, you know, cartoon version of a Greek Adonis, right? And, and Jane is still fat and frustrated. Poor Jane. She needs help. She needs an ally. She needs his medication, right? And I'm thinking to myself, that no. is not what she needs. The thing, the problem is that Jane is doing the same diet as Jack, and that's why she can't lose weight. And I'll explain that a little bit. <laughs> but that's the thing. The thing is, you believe that too. You believe that you should adopt the findings of the research that's being done on men, and you do try it. And guess what? It's actually hurting your hormones, which I'll explain more later. So that's the first thing that I found. And then the second thing that I found, which was just exciting, you know, but also shocking that we haven't talked about it yet, is that women have a second special biological rhythm that is activated at puberty and lasts throughout your reproductive years. And it's called the infradian rhythm. And this is just as important as, you know, we all know about the circadian clock, right? It governs your cycle. You got to wear the blue light blocking glasses, you know, all that stuff, right? Well, you have an infradian rhythm during your reproductive years. It governs 
it impacts your brain. Your brain changes 25% over the course of the month because of this infradian effect. Your metabolism changes throughout the month. Your stress response, your resting levels of cortisol, break this all down in a second. Your immune system, your reproductive system, it's all sort of, everything is in this timed pattern with this infradian rhythm. We experience it over the course of our menstrual cycle, but it goes way beyond just when you're bleeding and when you're ovulating. Just like the circadian clock affects way more than just when you're asleep and when you wake up. And so we just don't know about our infradian clock, do we? Have you heard of it before? Not before you talk to me. (laughs) Not before you. You're our infradian queen now. (laughs) I am very proud to have written the first book about the infradian rhythm. Um, It is. Isn't that wild? Like it's 2021. Your book came out in 2020, right? And how how is that the first time that this has been written about? It's mind blowing. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. (laughs) Because it's connected to women's cycles. That's why. I mean, I've even gotten feedback from mainstream, you know, media saying, oh, we can't talk about the infradian rhythm on the on TV because it's connected to a woman's period. What in the actual world? And to get access to the correct information, we're being left out of research and then there's all this. Oh my gosh. So I was really, by the time I kind of unpacked these two things, I said, okay, let me dive into this infradian rhythm. Let me see what we can do because it turns out that everything that you're you're doing is disrupting this infradian rhythm. And when you disrupt your infradian rhythm, you're disrupting your your you know everything. All those systems I talked about perform suboptimally, right? So your brain function isn't functioning as it should. Your metabolism isn't functioning as it should. Your stress response is not functioning properly. Your immune system is not functioning properly. And your reproductive system is not functioning properly, right? So here you have all these things that you think are disconnected, all these different symptoms and problems that you might be experiencing in your health and in your life, right? You think your weight and your fitness is maybe separate from your period and your fertility issues is separate from your brain fog is separate from your immune issues. It's all connected through the lens of this infradian rhythm. And you, because you're adopting things that are optimizing male biochemistry, which by the way, follows a circadian pattern, they don't have an infradian clock, you know, you're disrupting your infradian clock, making your hormone problems worse. So that's the long answer, but very thorough and accurate answer to why are women suffering to this extent? That's why. And that's why I wrote In the Flow. Okay, so my mind is spinning right now. <laughs> I'm about to ask you a million dollar question. But it's, it's okay, we know that people are, we know that women are suffering with their hormones. I'm suffering with hormones. So many women are with the effects of hormones. And you know, something that you said in the beginning that I want to touch on when you were explaining that you had insomnia and anxiety. And I think a lot of these things that women experience and we just write them off as being normal, or we have the brain fog or the mid-afternoon crash and we're like, well, that's just, it's just normal. That's just how I feel. And we just press through it. But what I've learned from you is that we don't have to feel like that. (laughs) Like we can we can empower ourselves to know how to get our infradian rhythm in in a cycle that supports us. Yes. So then 
this is what the million dollar question is, Elisa, is how do we fix it? Like, how do we take ownership of our hormones and where's the first place that we can start? So I think I'll give the short answer and then I'll give some breakdown of steps, okay? Perfect. The short answer is the best thing that you can do while you have an active infradian rhythm, which again is active from your first bleed to your last, it's not active after you've gone through menopause, is to support the infradian rhythm by practicing something that I created that came out of my research looking into this that's detailed in this book. It's called the cycle syncing method. And this is a method that has three pillars. You align your caloric intake and food type with each phase of your cycle. You align your fitness intensity with each phase of your cycle. And you align your prod, your like productivity, right? What you're working on with each phase of your cycle to optimize and take advantage of all the things that are fluctuating within this infradian effect to your advantage. Amazing. <laughs> it sounds really, you know, like, wow, I have to change everything. And, and at first that can be a little bit like overwhelming, but let me just put it this way. Men have been cycle syncing forever, right? Men understand their pattern. They understand, like, think about all the success advice you've ever gotten, whether it be for health, or, you know, success in your career, there are basically like four things you hear over and over again. And these have been, I mean, honestly, some of these things are like as old as the ancient Greek philosophers. So you hear things like wake up early, right? As early as you can start the day early, do all your deep work, you know, first thing in the, like do your hard work first thing in the day, do a consistent exercise routine every day and eat the same consistently every day, right? And, oh, maybe get good sleep. That would be like a fifth one, right? So that's the thing that's really interesting about that is if you have male hormonal patterns, that is exactly what you want to do. You want to wake up at 5 a.m. because that's when your testosterone and cortisol is peaking. You want to do a, an intense um, you know, strength training workout to build lean muscle, you want to get to your deep work, and you want to kind of wrap up anything that's you know going to require you to focus your mind by about three o'clock. After that, you want to focus on networking, socializing. Then you want to go home, have your dinner, go to your man cave, and get to bed by ten o'clock so that you can make all the testosterone that you need for the next day. And since your hormonal pattern as a male follows that circadian rhythm, you want to do that every single day, day in and day out, same calories, same workout intensity at the same time, same wake up, same bedtime. I mean, look at Tom Brady. He's like religious about when he does what, right? And this is because the male pattern is a 24-hour pattern. So it's rinse and repeat, groundhog day, every day that you wake up, right? The problem is, again, <laughs> we do not have this pattern, but you are adopting those practices and it's hurting you. So mm -hmm. instead of doing that, instead of having the same cycle syncing pattern that males have, which is a one, it's like sort of a single pattern, you have a four-part pattern. And instead of trying to fit it all in in one 24-hour period, you spread it out over four weeks. So it's not really that different. It just comes down to the timing. 
what you're doing when. So I hope that helps reduce some of the overwhelm. And can I ask you something? Go ahead. That I think will be helpful for people listening because I mean, I didn't learn this until recently, but is it that when you're saying that we're cycling things throughout the month, it has to do with each phase of our cycle, right? And there's four phases to the cycle. Could you, I don't, and I don't know if you were just about to touch on this or not, but could you explain that a little bit? Because for me, learning that there were four different phases of my cycle and learning like what that meant for my body and for myself was really empowering because I had never been taught that before. You know, you know, I have a little girl <laughs> today. She hears me like recording podcasts all the time and talking. And today we were on a break from the launch and she made up her own little microphone and she pretended to interview me. And she said, mommy, that is so, so cute. It was super. She's like, so mommy, you know, <clears throat> tell me about, you know, the foods that you have to eat and, and the workouts you have to do. And then also what are the four phases of the cycle? <laughs> you know, she really know what she's asking. <laughs> so the four phases of your cycle are the follicular, the ovulatory, the luteal, and the bleed or the menstrual phase. And these four phases do different things in the body. Like the follicular phase develops, you know, many little follicles <laughs> on the ovary. The ovulatory phase, you know, ha has one egg leave the ovary. The luteal phase hangs onto the uterine lining in case there's a conception. And the menstrual phase, you know, that's where you shed the lining. You have different and specific hormonal ratios in each phase, right? The follicular phase, you have slightly elevated levels of estrogen. The ovulatory phase, you have a super surge of estrogen. You also have testosterone, follicular stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone. In the luteal phase, you have the introduction of progesterone. It's the only time of the cycle where progesterone is present. And I'll tell you about some of the effects that it has on all sorts of things. It's wonderful. And then in the menstrual phase, the hormones drop down to their lowest level, which signals that the lining should in fact leave the uterus. So it's a predictable pattern. And these four hormonal ratios have, have an effect on, on how you're feeling, what, um, what parts of the brain are stimulated, um, how your metabolism functions, how your immune system is responding. So let me break it down with, let's say like food and fitness. So for example, in the first half of your cycle, the follicular and ovulatory phases, your metabolism is slightly slower. So you can get away with eating lighter, you know, you can get away with eating more raw foods, you can have more of that be like what you probably typically think of as a quote unquote healthy diet, right? But the research is conclusive. Once ovulation has passed and you're in the second half of your cycle, the luteal phase and the menstrual phase, you need 279 more calories per day. That's measured. That's done. That's a fact. If you don't because your metabolism increases. If you don't eat those calories on purpose proactively, you're going to experience cravings. And that's the only reason why you experience cravings is because you didn't know you were disrupting your blood sugar by sticking to that quote unquote ideal same every single day calorie intake that's really good for guys.
right? Because you thought you were doing something good, you using your willpower, quote unquote, you're trying to have the same amount of food every day. And then sometime during your luteal phase, you, you kind of like wake up from a zombie-like trance at the bottom of a bag of chips, like not knowing how you ate them all, right? And it's because when you don't give yourself enough calories when your metabolism has sped up, ghrelin takes over, which is a neurotransmitter that stimulates the appetite, and you will just eat until your body gets what it needs, right? You're, there is no such thing as willpower. In my opinion, there's just successful biohacking or there's failing to support your body in the way that it needs. And then the body will take over and get what it needs one way or the other <laughs> with or without you. <laughs> and so that's an example of that. So in the cycle syncing method in the book, you'll see, you know, how to break down this calorie routine, but also which foods to select. Because for example, I mentioned in ovulation that you have this super surge of estrogen. Well, that's great because it helps with the egg release, but also it can be problematic if your body, your liver is not so good at breaking down that estrogen. Like maybe you struggle with constipation. If you do, getting the estrogen out of your body is going to be a problem because one of the key aspects of that is is it being released through the bowel after the liver has broken it down for packaging through the large intestine. So, you know, you can use food strategically, and that's another component of the cycle syncing method. You're going to use food strategically during ovulation to help your liver have the micronutrients it needs on hand to break down that estrogen. So you're going to have lots of raw fruits and vegetables that supercharge your liver with glutathione and other vitamins that really help in those three phases of detoxification, right? Which are these chemical pathways in, by which the liver breaks down estrogen. So that's sort of this very, you know, it's all very sciencey and, and technical, but it's all broken down in the book chart by chart so that you just follow along what you're supposed to do when. With fitness, right? Similar. In the first half of your cycle, follicular and ovulatory, the research shows that you would be best served by doing high-intensity interval training and cardio. And this will have the effect, coupled with your slightly slower metabolism, of boosting lean muscle production and using stored fat as fuel. However, once you cross over to the luteal phase, and because you have an increase in metabolic rate, you also have an increase in resting cortisol rates. You have to change your workouts. You must not do HIIT workouts and cardio because it will cause you to turn on muscle wasting and turn on fat storage, right? So let's just think about that for a second because this used to plague me too until I figured it out. Here I was, a good, dedicated, like workout person, right? And I would do the same workouts every day and I feel, would feel like, for half the month, I'd be making progress. But then by the end of the month, I would feel like I got nowhere, right? And that's typically at the best case scenario is that at the end of the month, you've made no progress. But I started seeing this, you know, women would come into my practice, they were training for triathlons, they gained 20 pounds. The logic, you know, doesn't make sense, right? If you're running and cycling and biking and swimming, you know, five miles a day, how is it that you've gained 20 pounds after three months of doing that? Well, it's because you're doing the same intensity every day. And you must not do that in the second half of your cycle. You want to focus on strength training and other things. And by the way, this is published research. The US women's soccer team follows 
this understanding of these shifts in the female body to train their female athletes to what I would say is great success. So if you really want to supercharge your weight and your health and your fitness, you can't do the same workouts every day. If you're a guy, yes, you want to do that. You want to be dedicated in that same way every day. But for women, you want to change. So those are just two examples of why we need to modify what we're doing when and how the cycle singing method lays this all out for you in the book. And this information is so, it's so empowering for me. I've started with food and all, and the food resources and, and I don't want to say guidance because it's more than just guidance that you give. It's like studied <laughs> science about what are the plan. That's like the the thing, the thing. And so food for me has made a huge difference. What would you say is like the one place for people who are listening, who are hearing this the first time and they're like, I, I know I want to start somewhere. Like where's the, what's the one thing that I start with? Well, I mean, there's three key resources. You can pick whichever one, you know, you feel like you're drawn like to. It feels feel right. right. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can simply start by tracking your cycle every day, right? Because you have symptoms that you're more vulnerable to in each of the four phases that are different, right? In ovulation, you can have breakouts, mid-cycle pain, and the luteal phase, you can have all the PMS, and the menstrual phase, you can have cramps, et cetera, right? So you want to track. And I have an app that I created. It's created by women. We don't sell your data, all that important stuff that I know has been in the news lately. And it's called the MyFlow app. It has a circle icon and not a feather icon. Make sure to pick that correct one. And that's a great place to start because the app is not just about tracking. It's, all, it's also going to teach you why you're having that particular symptom and give you an education on what your body is likely struggling with, which is really empowering because most of us feel like our hormonal symptoms just kind of are random and come out of nowhere. And we have, you know, we're powerless. What, what doesn't matter what we do, we're going to have them no matter what. That's just not the case. So that's a place to start. Another place to start, of course, is to buy the book. The paperback is out now. And so you can buy that wherever books are sold and you can get a bunch of free resources at intheflowbook.com. And then another place to start if you're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready and I want to live my infradian life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> you know, like that's, I get it. I, I feel like a lot of women feel that way once they hear the, the facts that's like, okay, let's, let's do this. So you can join us at Flow 28, which is the Cycle Syncing Membership. That's CycleSyncingMembership.com. And that's where you're going to get workout videos for, you know, the right ones for each of your phases. You're going to get grocery lists, recipes, meal plans for each of the four phases. And it's all, all the guesswork is taken out for you. So you don't have to become an encyclopedia like I am around all this stuff. You can just do what you're supposed to do at the right time. And I guide you through that process. And you don't have to change everything at once. To your point, Ashley, you started with food. Some women like to start with fitness. Some women like to start with just tracking and understanding where they suffer the most in their cycle, just to learn a little bit more. And they feel a little bit more connected to their, their hormones that way. Some women like to read and get educated. Everybody's different on how they want to dip their toe in. So we have all of that, you know, available so that you can find the right path forward. 
We'll put all of those links in the show notes for you guys so that you can just go and click on them and, and, and follow your heart <laughs> to whatever journey and resource sounds the best for you. But I've personally used almost everything that you just mentioned. And I, I mean, it's, it's changing my life. And it, and it does it in a way that, again, like we keep talking about, is not overwhelming. Something that I really like that, that you say, Elisa, is that this isn't a diet book. Like none of this is about being on a diet or working out more or is this literally learning how to have a lifestyle and eating foods that support your body so that you feel good because you give yourself what it is that you need and learning that for me for the first time in my life like i i mean i've said this 20 times now it's it's changed my life and i i told people that i was interviewing you today because i'm telling you when i told our friends on instagram who follow me about your book they've been obsessed with it. And so I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to be really excited when they know that we're talking. And so people have sent in questions that like specifically that they have. And so I kind of want to ask you a couple of those. Is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. So, you know, I would love for you also to just break this down because I've seen this a few times in the questions that I'm being asked to ask you, but can you explain what a hormone imbalance even is like like let's just start with something super basic right there okay i mean a hormone imbalance is a temporary situation in your body where levels of your hormones are not at their ideal balance right so for example with pms right pms is not this like funny thing that we joke about. It's a hormone imbalance, right? And it, it's because in the luteal phase, you're supposed to have in the optimal ratio, slightly more progesterone being produced than estrogen during that 10 to 12 day period that is your luteal phase. When that happens, when you make enough progesterone and the right amount of estrogen, you have zero PMS, zero, nothing, okay? But the problem is most of us don't make enough progesterone. We have progesterone insufficiency and estrogen dominance in the luteal phase. We have way more estrogen than we do progesterone. And that's when you are vulnerable to a whole host of all the PMS symptoms you can think of, right? That are that we joke about. But just so you know, PMS is no laughing matter. The NIH published a study a decade ago called the BioCycle study that showed that just having untreated PMS in your reproductive years can increase the risk for the four big diseases of inflammation postmenopausally. So that's wow. diabetes, heart disease, cancer, dementia. So this is what I mean. Your, your cycle, and by the way, 2015, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists decreed that your period, your cycle is your fifth vital sign. You know, the other four they take in the emergency room, like your temperature, your pulse, all of that. It's so important. And here's the thing, though. When you have a fever, right, especially now post-COVID world, right, you have a fever, you have a temperature, you know exactly what to do. You get right into action. You take it seriously. You take the steps that you've been taught to do by everyone. Your cycle is giving you the same biofeedback, right? 
It's, it's showing you the color of your period blood every month, which by the way, will tell you how your progesterone and estrogen is doing relative to each other every month. You can look at your bleed every month in the toilet and know how you're doing with your hormones. <laughs> well, yeah, I, didn't I didn't know, know that. that. What, what do you, what do you, what do you, you look, look for? for? So there are a typical different, there's a, there are sort of typical colors that you can expect that mean different things about your hormones. In fact, I don't mean to do a lot of first, but I guess because I, I love your period like no one else, I just end up doing all these things at first. And so <laughs> um, back in 2013, I was the first human being on national television, which I did via the Dr. Oz show, to, to simulate these different colors of menstrual blood to help educate women about what those colors mean about their hormones. So you want a fresh, healthy red color. That means you have a good balance of estrogen and progesterone. If you see prune colored blood, right? That sort of brown staining colored blood. That can mean that you have progesterone insufficiency. If you have dark purple with clots and all of that, that can mean you have excess estrogen. So you want to look at and see what's happening because this will affect your symptoms. It can help you with, you know, understand what to expect from symptoms that month. And it can also help you understand your fertility journey as well. So it's really important to look every month because your cycle is giving you real-time hormone feedback about how your lifestyle, your diet, your fitness contributed to the health of your cycle that month, right? So you want to look. I actually had no idea about that. That's, that's really cool. And on the Flow Living website, you know, again, I, I try to build all the products and things that make this easy for you. So there's a free period assessment. It's a bi period biohacking assessment tool on the homepage. It's called the V-Sign Quiz. So you can just go in every month. It's free. You can use it as many times as you want. And you just type in the answer. You just click the answers to the questions and it will tell you what your period color means and what you should know for that month. And then you can adjust accordingly, or you just have so much more information about where, where your hormones are at right then. That's, that's really cool. Okay, another question that I've been getting asked a lot is has to do with miscarriage. And do hormones usually crash after miscarriage? And what can that look like? I mean, I think every woman's experience of miscarriage is, is different. And so much of that experience is dictated by the degree of hormonal health that you have going into it, right? So for example, if you have a lot of unresolved, you know, micronutrient deficiency because you've been on birth control for years and years and you've never addressed that, I would recommend you get on my balance supplements right away to help deal with that. If you've been really stressed and, you know, burning yourself out, that just sort of timing happened to be the case before you got pregnant and then you had the miscarriage, you know, is it, a, it's not so much that your hormones are crashing per se, it's that you now are going to feel the effects of that adrenal fatigue. You know, there's just different reasons why you're not going to feel great after a miscarriage. What I think is really important is to treat that month after your miscarriage, like a postpartum period. I know that in our culture, we don't really have a lot of space for conversation about miscarriage. It's something that we, we don't talk about. We don't have it normalized, but you know, it, it is something that happens. It's very common. Oftentimes it's because 
there is something, you know, that's genetically non-viable about that embryo. And, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing shameful about it. It's certainly a painful experience emotionally nonetheless. But you want to treat the, your body as if you just, you know, had a, a whatever length of pregnancy that you had and you want to take care of it. You want to eat nourishing foods. You want to not, you know, stay away from raw foods. Don't jump back into an intense workout schedule. You want to be gentle with yourself and take supplements to help your body recover from being pregnant and from losing the pregnancy, both of which are, you know, extreme experiences for the body. I mean, think about how much from a micronutrient and hormonal point of view, the female body has to recruit into action to 3D print a tiny human being, right? It's an enormous epic task that our bodies just do. And so you want to understand that you have to help replenish as much as you can with food, with supplements, with rest. Yes, that's such good input. And I think, you know, being in a place where you can empower yourself to, to get the help that you need and to ask the questions. I, I, something I love about your resources is that you help women know even like what, what to look for in our bodies so that we can even know what questions to ask where we can know, oh, are my hormones off after miscarriage and, and how do I move forward from this? That's something I love about everything that you've created. One last thing that I would love to talk about really quick, and I think it's in, it's in your new book and I know it was in Woman Code, but how do hormones affect your sex drive? Because I know that this is something a lot of women struggle with and there's questions that I've been asked about it that that they want you to answer, but how can hormones impact your sex drive? They run the show, sister. <laughs> when it comes, I mean, that that really is a whole other podcast because they're- Yeah, we need a whole new podcast. We need a whole, I'm always happy to chat with you, but like, you know, so if you want, we can talk about that. That's easily a whole other hour because your libido- is part of your reproductive system that's affected by that infradian clock, right? So just the idea that you have absorbed, right, which is that your sex drive should be the same every day is wrong. That premise is wrong. Your sex drive does fluctuate your desire for sex and your ability to, you, the sensation ability that you have fluctuates throughout your cycle. So you've got to learn and it's all, there's a chart in the new book and there's a sex libido chapter of how to biohack your orgasm in this book because I don't want you to be, Yay! because 60, I think it's like 65% of women or 67% of women are sexually unsatisfied. I mean, this is such a huge problem for women. Yes, and we feel bad asking. It's crazy. And it's like women, we don't know, because we don't know what's happening in our bodies, we feel like, oh, sometimes, you know, it's like fireworks and other times it's like it's flat and I don't know why. And that just should not be. It just should not be that you don't know why. There's a predictable pattern you have predictable wet phases, predictable dry phases. If you're in a dry phase, you have to use lubricant. You cannot even start the party with yourself or with a partner without lubricant. Otherwise, you're going to not feel good and you're going to stop. 
There are times where testosterone is present in your cycle that gives you a natural desire from you know your body. There are times where you don't and you have to use novelty like I don't know, going for a hike, <laughs> going for a ballroom dancing <laughs> class to stimulate desire and charge with your partner. So there are predictable patterns. There's a chart in chapter, I think it's eight or nine in the book that breaks it down for each of the four phases. So you can really biohack your sex life and get the satisfaction that you deserve. There's also a really cool feature in the MyFlow app. It's called PartnerSync and you're welcome in advance. You drop in your beloved's email address and they get a hormonal dossier as you go from phase to phase, which tells them what's happening with your hormones, what kind of date activity is going to make you the happiest, that phase. Okay. And what kind of foreplay they should be a deal doing to help you. Hello. Thank you. You're well, like I said, you're welcome in advance because <laughs> the burden also should not just be on us as women yes. as partners need to be empowered. But if you don't even know what's going on, how can you tell your partner, right? So now everybody can have a level playing field. And let me tell you, I have, I teach, you know, crowds of all women. I have taught mixed gender audiences of men. When I teach men and whenever there are men in the audience and we get to this, this part of the conversation, they flood the book signing station and buy up all the books. <laughs> the women have no books because the men are like, oh, finally, someone formula together because they know that there should be a formula because they know theirs right? Mm. Men know yes. up in the morning with all their testosterone. When do men want to have sex for the most part, right? In the morning when they have all their testosterone. Mm. <laughs> if they could do it every morning, they would, right? Because that's <laughs> biologically optimal for them. And they know what their winning formula is. And they just feel sometimes, you know, frustrated that, that it feels mysterious, so to speak, with if they're in a relationship with women, you know, that they, that it's this mysterious thing and it's hit or miss. It's not mysterious. It's predictable. It's, there's all this facts. You just, just, we just haven't had it put together and organized in a way that anybody can understand. And that's what I have done. Certainly in this, this second book, really chart by chart, there's a food chart, a fitness chart, a time management chart, a motherhood chart. If you have children, how do you cycle sync your parenting? I have a child and I would tell you, it's, it is a lifesaver, a work chart, a sex chart. I mean, it's everything you can organize your whole life way beyond your health based on your cycle so that you can get the most out of your health, but also reduce your stress, increase your joy, protect your fertility. I mean, and I know a lot of women are following you on your journey around fertility and we haven't had a chance to speak directly to that. I want to say the best thing you can do to preserve and enhance your fertility is to start cycle syncing immediately. Because if you, for example, do that high intensity interval training after ovulation, right? You're going to destabilize blood sugar, hyperstimulate cortisol production, that's going to suppress progesterone production, which is not good for conception and can disrupt ovulation for your next cycle, right? Not to mention all the micronutrient depletion can diminish egg quality. You really want to think about how it is not boosting your fertility is not a spot treating kind of situation. It's about deeply supporting your body's natural rhythm so that the body can be 
doing what it does without sort of, you know, straining itself to get the job done, right? You're not causing your body to swim upstream because you're going against the flow. You're going with your flow and your body can do everything more easily. I'm processing everything you're saying right now. And all I can keep thinking is I wish I would have known this 15 years ago, but I'm so freaking grateful that I know it now and that I'm still learning it now because it, it changes your life. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Before you go, I know that you just launched something amazing. <laughs> like there's so many resources that you have for us. I'm like, you are, this is, you are the queen. <laughs> you, are, you are the queen of our lives. Oh my gosh. She loves your period as much as I do. I just want to see it, it thriving and happy the way nature intended it. I will not stop till that is happening. <laughs> well, and how cool that you, you empower us to love our periods too, and to not be ashamed of things and to be able to you know, validate how we feel and then empower us to go find support for ourselves. I mean, you're, you're giving a voice to something that hasn't had a voice ever. And so I just thank you so much for that. So tell, let's end by you telling us about this new product that you just launched. I'm pretty excited about it. I hope that it's a breakthrough for bleeders everywhere. I hope it's game changing for people who are menstruating because you know, if I look back at just the past 100 years, there really hasn't been a lot of innovation around, you know, like we talked about around, you know, pe women's dealing with these different symptoms, like, you know, your acne, your cramps, you know, there's zit creams, there's pain meds, there's heating pads, but it's like, none of these things actually fix what's wrong. You spend a lot of money and you have to keep spending money to, to get just some basic relief every month that you're dealing with these symptoms. And like I've been saying all this chat, you know, we have these predictable hormone ratios. We have these predictable symptom burdens that happen in each of the phases when we don't support things. <laughs> and the research is in. We know that specific micronutrients or specific supplements really do create positive change with our hormones. So I've been working on this for over a year uh, probably also my whole life at the same time because I'm just constantly researching. <laughs> but I wanted to create something. I wanted to ask a different question, you know, because everybody asks me, well, what is the right thing that I should take? What's the supplement I should take for my PMS or my acne or whatever? And I, you know, because of my recent research on the infradian rhythm, I said, well, what if we just ask a different question, a better question, which is, when should I take certain things to give me the results that I wanted? And so I put together this new supplement kit. It's called the Cycle Syncing Supplement Kit, obviously. And, <laughs> and it's using herbs, adaptogens, and supplements to target each of the phases of your cycle to give it the specific support that it needs in that phase and only that phase, right? So in the follicular phase, for example, we often struggle with low energy because we're doing the wrong workouts in the luteal phase and the menstrual phase, and we feel fatigued after our bleed is over. So the formulation for the follicular supplement really helps you 
produce more energy in your cells, right? As opposed to reaching for caffeine and trying to push yourself through the day, wouldn't it be great if you could take a supplement that helps your cells make more energy in your body, right? And so that's in the follicular formulation. In the ovulatory phase, as we talked about, all that excess estrogen from that estrogen surge can result in mid-cycle breakouts on your chin or your jaw, pain, ovarian pain, bloating, whatever. The formulation that I put together really helps the liver break down that excess estrogen while it's while that estrogen is surging. In the luteal phase, because your metabolism speeds up, the thing that's going to give you the most relief from PMS symptoms is not, you know, diuretics and zit creams. It's keeping your blood sugar stable. So the formulation really supports your blood sugar. And then I put together a really powerful formulation to deal with cramps for the menstrual phase. So, oh, bless. Yeah. So you take, <laughs> you only take them for the phase you're in. So you take the follicular formula for about five days. You take ovulation for about five days. You take the luteal formula for your PMS phase and you take the menstrual formula for when you're bleeding. And each kit is a six month supply. They're all in glass bottles. So you never need to run out. Everybody's cycle lengths are slightly different. So you have plenty to cover you. And we're also helping the environment by not shipping you things every month. So you get a six month supply. And I'm just super, super excited because it really is an innovative step forward for women so that instead of just spot treating all the problems that you're having, you're really preventing them from happening in the first place and really using this targeted timed, you know, supplement therapy to really, you know, go give your body what it needs right when it needs it. I'm in. Holy smokes. This is this is a, this is a game changer. You guys, the link for this is a, it's on your website, right? It's on the website, but it's you just go to flowliving.com and click on the supplement shop and you'll see you'll see them there. Perfect. So that will be in the show notes also. Alisa, thank you so much for empowering all of us today. This is I know people are going to be like, she needs to come back to talk more about fertility and more about sex and so I'll probably be pinging you in the next <laughs> couple of months, but thank you so much. I'm just so excited that you took time to chat with us today. Everyone else, go bless your hormones with all of Elisa's resources, and we will see you next week. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the I Am Podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from you online. So if there's something that really resonated with you, come and let me know. Share a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram at Ashley Kalemu so I can see what's impacting you the most. It might even help your friends. And remember, every time you ask yourself, am I really strong enough to do this? The answer is, I am. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.